I'd like to welcome you to the ministry of McCormick's Creek Church. We certainly hope that you will enjoy this selection. Thankful for every everybody here tonight. Thank you. I want to say again, thank you for all the music. And uh, when, during the downtime, when when everybody else would, couldn't come to church, our musician, Sister Krause, still did her job. The musicians still done their job. But the Krause still done his job. I'm very thankful. I am so glad that I don't have to sit in my office behind my computer or my phone with the technical difficulties and the phone going on and off. Amen. I, I want to... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be very careful anymore not to say, i got to hurry. I've been guilty of that, saying I've got to hurry. And I understand I, I am very mindful of your time. I know some people got to get up at 3.30. And if, and if you're tired and you got to go, I promise you that I won't judge you. And if anybody does, you tell them to come to me. You can, if you have to go, you have to go. But I think, I think sometimes we get so... Um, uh, caught up in in, in, in in a time frame that we forget that the Lord's going to move. And so let's get our minds on Jesus. If you have your Bibles, Acts 2 and 42, you can stand. I, I know I had you sit down. I have a lot. Of, well, actually, three scriptures to, to read. If you want to, you can stand. Uh, and then I'm going to go to 1 Timothy 4 and 16. And then we're going to go to 1 Timothy 1 and 3. Acts 2 and 42. Very popular passage of Scripture. I love it. We've heard, heard it preached. I've preached it many times. The Bible says, And they, talking about the apostles and all the rest of the church that had an apostolic move of God on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 and 38. The Bible says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine." Teaching, the apostles' teaching, belief system, Bible, God's Word. I hate saying belief system, but that's, that's what it was. Doctrine. There are doctrines of men and there are doctrines of Jesus. And I'm, talk, I'm not talking about doctrines of men. I'm talking about the apostles' doctrine that was passed down to them. They gave, God, Jesus gave them the keys of the gospel. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking bread and in prayers. That was a daily thing. That wasn't just Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. It was every day. First Timothy 4 and 16 says, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. 1 Timothy 1 and 3. As I besought thee to abide still in Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. In other words, there's one doctrine, one truth, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Amen. I just want to talk to you just for a bit. On, on this thought, just simply truth. Truth. Say, what is truth? I'll answer that. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He went on to say that I am the door. I am at the access way. I'm the way. If you want into the sheepfold, 
any other way, you're a thief and a liar. But he said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I that's what I want to talk about tonight. And we want to guard this with everything we've got. You may be seated. The Bible says, buy the truth and sell it not. I don't I don't think that the world understands the power behind the truth. I think that they treat truth like fashion. I think the world treats truth like a fad. I think the world treats truth like like uh, um, like the world treats fashion. You know, in, in the, uh, the 70s, the world dressed one way and they all looked one way. You can go back and look at pictures and magazines without looking at the date in the magazine and t- say, well, that was the 70s or that was the 80s and that was the 90s. My goodness, I, so, the 80s and the 90s. The, the, oh, it was horrible. The, some of the the big hair. I mean, the hair was huge. I didn't understand that. In pictures, all every woman, every woman looked like a pinhead because their hair was five times larger than their head. Yeah, you remember those days in the 80s. It changes. And our world continually changes. It's a mindset. And the world treats truth like it's subjective. Like I hear this thought. I, I, I had a guy tell me. He used to go to church here. He said, you tell your truth. And I'll tell my truth. I'm just living my truth. And I, I, I ask, what, what does that mean? Well, what, I'll tell you what it means. You, I'll live my life the way I want to live it. And you live your life the way you want to live it. We're all trying to get to the same place. We're all loving the same God. We're all trying to get to heaven. You can call him whatever name you want to call him. And I'll call him whatever name that I want to call him. And uh, we're just all trying to get to the same place. That's hogwash. I heard Oprah Winfrey say that. Uh, she claimed to be a Christian. And she's uh, justifying everybody's actions, right or wrong, because... That's their truth. They're living their truth. And you think, well, that's the world. And I'll tell you this, and I am going live just on our church website, right? So I'll just say it. I, for some reason, I get on these kicks, and I've been watching Gaither. Uh, and I, I like their musicians, and I like some of their singing. I like Jason Crabb, and I like some of their singers. And I heard Mark Lyerly. He's funny. But he stood up in one of the things in his church functions, and it was in one of the videos and he said, how many Catholics have we got out here? And there was two or three, and he, he made a couple jokes. He said, you tell Mary I said hello. His words, not mine. He said, how many Baptists have we got out there? And there was a few more of those. He goes, you self-righteous. And he was making jokes because he's Baptist, okay? I'm just saying what he said. He said, how many Pentecostals are out there? He said, there was a few of them. He goes, look, you're, you're free to shout and dance because that's what you do. That you you have the right. He was saying this. You have a right, Brother Krause, to feel the anointing. In other words, what he was saying is you all are Holy Ghost filled. These people aren't Holy Ghost filled. And we'll all just come together because we all love Jesus, even though we believe different things. And we, we, we do things different and we believe that the plan of salvation is this. You believe that the salvation plan of salvation is that. And we're just all come together because we'll sing a Jesus song. And I, 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 I you know, I, it was 
it was kind of funny, but it frustrates me because it's in the church and I'm not here to breed uh, the mentality of confusion and, and and draw lines and say you're you're this, you believe that or whatever. But it, I, I hate the spirit that tries to downplay what truth is. As if there are many truths, as if there are many Bibles, as if there are many um, uh, depictions of the Scripture. You can believe this and you can believe that. And we just all interpret the Scriptures a bunch of different ways. And truth is just become subjective. And it's not. It simply changes depending on who you ask. But I come tonight to tell somebody that there is one truth. And I'm not up here to gloat and say I know it. And I'm not up here to say I have it all together because I know it. But I do know one thing, that there's one Lord, one baptism, one Father. His name is Jesus Christ. There's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. It's not in style one year and then the next year. A different, and it's not in style. I rebuke that spirit. We're still living in the same kind of the truth and the world that we live in still has to go by what the Bible says. Truth. I mean, I, it is frustrating. It's, it's true. Uh, the, the world as we and as we know it just treats truth like uh, like uh, like fashion. Case in point, And I've used this before. I just want to use it again. It's worth saying. But when I was a kid, Brother Jonathan, uh, and I graduated uh, school in 1994, when I was in school, I, I remember the science teachers, they had to teach what the science book said. And if you... If you got out of it and they knew that you taught something other than what that was in their books, whether it was the social studies, history books, science, math class, all that. If you if you taught any other teachings than what they taught, you would lose your license as a school teacher. And at that time, there were nine planets. Remember that you, you can usually tell who's old. In here, if you went to school and they taught that there was nine planets, what was the planet after? I, I can't remember. It had to be, I graduated in 94, and it had to be about five or six years after I graduated. Pluto lost its planet status. I'm not, it's funny, isn't it? Pluto lost its planet status. And all of a sudden, it became a simple star, Brother Krauss. And the teachers that taught that it's the truth that there's nine planets. Now, if you look in the science books, you'll realize that there's only eight planets. That all the long, all the long men were, uh, they were wrong. And all of a sudden, there is a different truth. Now, if you taught that there was nine planets, like they taught when we was kids, you would be fired and lose your job. And that's the point I want to make. Truth among men in their minds, it becomes an opinion and it changes depending on who you ask. And my point in trying to get it to us to not our minds and our hearts tonight, that you are on the right track. If you believe that you have to repent to go to heaven, 
And you have to be baptized in the only name that's above every name, which is Jesus Christ. And if you believe that you have to be filled with the Spirit of God, according to Romans 8 and 9, that says, unless the Spirit of God dwells in you, you're none of His. If you believe that that's the truth, then you believe in the truth. Anything outside that is a lie or it comes short of the truth. There are some people that walk around with incomplete truth. They believe that all you have to do is believe in God, which we know that we have to believe in God, which is faith. Bible says without uh, faith, it's impossible to please God. But then it goes on. You can add tell to that and add to that scripture. It says faith without works is dead being alone. So you have to put faith along with your work. So you have to believe, but there has to be something that you have to do along with believing. The Bible says that the devil believes in one God and he trembles. That doesn't mean that the devil's saved. But you can ask many churches around here that all you have to do is believe in Jesus and believe that he's your personal Savior and you're okay. But that's not what the Scripture says. You have to believe on him too. So you can have a piece of truth and not have all the truth. And I'm not saying we have all of it. But according to the Scriptures, we understand what it takes to be saved. I've got to believe. I've got to repent of my sins. I've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. And I've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And it doesn't change. You with me tonight? It doesn't change. You know, I see a lot of people. I'm going to take this off. I'm burning up. I see a lot of people change or they, they choose not to believe truth. And I'm probably going to step on some feet tonight. Can I can I just preach to you truth? I see a lot of people that will not uh, grasp truth. And a lot of times, you, man, I'm going to hurt your feelings, some of you. You know, I'll just say it for me personally. I had a grandma. She's passed away now. My great-grandma, my mom's grandmother, on my mom's side, on her mom, her mom's mom, Grandma Owens. She was old-time Pentecost, but she didn't believe you had to be baptized in Jesus' name. She didn't believe you had to be filled with the Holy Ghost to go to heaven. Hear, hear me, and I remember growing up, I, the only, I do have memories, the memories I have, is a sweet lady, wonderful lady, dressed modest, very meek, very sweet. If she made it, whatever, it's between her and Jesus that made it into heaven, I don't care. That's, I, I, whatever God decides, that's, that's his business. But hear me, I cannot go back and go, look, Grandma, she was a good woman. She didn't believe what I believe according to Scripture. So, therefore, I'm not going to accept this as truth because Grandma was so great and so good that I can't imagine Jesus letting her go to hell. So, I I am not going to receive this as truth. So, I'm going to to stay back and, and not receive that as truth. And I see so many people that will not receive truth as, as being truth simply because somebody in their life that they respected doesn't believe truth. Imagine Noah 
Well, my, my dad didn't believe it was ever going to rain. And my dad didn't ever believe that this was going to I'm not building that ark. I'm going to tell you what. He would have drowned along with everybody else. If you base what you believe or truth on what somebody else did. Hey, look, I'm again. Let's go back. I'll say it again. I don't know what happened to my grandma. I pray to God that that, that somehow that Jesus was so even beyond. I, I, I'm not saying I, I'm in trouble here. I, I hope to God that I hope she made it. I hope she made it. But here's what I do know. The Bible says that to whom much is given, much is required. And you'll be judged by what you know. And when you have truth and you understand truth, you're going to be judged according to what you understand and what you've seen in the Scripture. So tonight I'm preaching the truth. And you can't, none of us can go out here and go, well, I've never heard that before. We are bound by what we see in the Scripture. I can't help. I can't help what your grandpa or your grand. I don't care how great a man he was. It's wonderful. I'm not here to argue the fact. They're one. I'm sure they're wonderful people. But what do you understand? What do you believe? And what we've got to understand is one of the distinguishing characteristics of the early church was their alliance to the apostles' doctrine. They believed and aggressively spread it everywhere. They died for it. They died for the gospel. If it wasn't that important, the doctrine of the apostles, they wouldn't have died for it. Peter believed in it so much that he said, look, I, I love this so much. I believe in this so much that when you kill me, don't hang me like Jesus. When you're going to crucify me, you go ahead and tip me upside down and nail me to a cross. But do it upside down because I'm not worthy to die like Jesus. When Paul runs to a chopping block, that's how much he believed in the apostles' doctrine. He said, I'm willing to give everything. I've ran my race. I've finished my course. You go right ahead and take my head. John the Baptist, his head. Was taken the brother James, the brother of Jesus, was taken to the highest pinnacle of the city and cast down. He didn't die all the way, and the townspeople gathered around and beat him the rest of the way to death. Bartholomew was filleted to death. I believe it was Matthew that was also crucified, and on and on. Polycarp, uh, along in history, a Christian burned alive, and um, uh, Stephen was stoned to death. All these men said, You know what? I know truth, and I believe it so much that I'm willing to. To die for it. So let me ask you a question. How much do you love truth? I've heard people say, well, I love truth. I love truth. I'll die for it. You've heard people say that I'll die for it when it comes time. I'll die for truth. And what's sad is they won't even live for it. I see a lot of people that say, I'll die for truth, and they won't even live for it. They won't even be faithful to the house of the Lord for it. They won't have a prayer life for it. They won't have a Bible. They won't, have, they won't read their Bible for it. And if they won't live for Jesus, they certainly won't die for him. But the apostles, they had an unwavering, unswerving, unfaltering, and re- uh, ab- they was absolute in preaching the truth that was delivered to them. According to Jude third three, the apostle Paul in the early in, uh, early in the church warned us against, un- or excuse me, foreseeable truth decay. Decay refers to slowly and surely losing original form, quality, value, or strength. Acts twenty and twenty eight. 
Start, starting with verse 28 and to 30 says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves that all the flock over the, which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. One thing we've got to understand is this church is not mine. It's not yours. Me as a pastor, I could get the big head and say, well, I pastor and I do. I, 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 I get the, uh, the fortune of, uh, for, I'm fortunate, I guess, to say uh, I'm blessed to pass, pastor the greatest church in the world, but it's not my church. Every pastor, every leader has to understand that and realize that it's not my church. Whatever happens in God's church is God's church. So we under, have to understand something that this is Jesus's church. When we know it's Jesus's church, the Bible says, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Which tells me he's going to do everything in his power to protect it. The government can't shut the, shut the church down without the okay of Jesus. I'll just say that right now. I've got to find me a... I forgot to bring me a... So it's his church. So I'm not worried about it. I, man, you see people. How many on Facebook see people? Oh, the church is in, in, uh, in trouble because we can't have church. We can't have church. We can't have. Do you think Jesus is going to let the world dictate what happens in his church that he purchased with his own blood? He didn't give a million dollars for it, Brother Krause. He didn't give a billion dollars for it. He didn't give tri- a trillion dollars for it. All the money in the world couldn't buy this church. It's his church. He, he gave everything he had for it. He didn't give out of an abundance. The Bible says he gave it all. Purchased with his own blood, the truth. And it's just as much as he purchased the church, he stands behind his truth. Verse 29, for I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter among you, not sparing the flock. They don't care about the church. They don't care about the people. They just care about their own kingdoms. Verse 30, also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things and draw away disciples after them. And I'm not here to knock anybody, but I I don't need some TV evangelist to teach me how to build an apostolic church. If I hurt somebody's feelings in here tonight, I, I, I'm just going to tell you, I don't I care if I hurt your feelings, but I don't care. I'm telling you the truth. I don't need Joel Osteen to tell me how to build an apostolic church. When he gets on Oprah's show and he goes, well, ev- I think that everybody's OK. And uh, God looks at everybody and realizes that everybody's a failure. And I believe that even though you live this alternative lifestyle that goes totally against the Bible. You're okay because Jesus still loves you. Jesus loves everybody. I will say this. Nothing can change the mind of Jesus when it comes to love. But that doesn't mean that there are there aren't people that are going to hell. The Bible says it's not the will of God for any man to perish, but it's the will of God for them to have eternal life. But there's still people that Jesus loves that will choose to leave to leave his side and go to hell. Jesus doesn't make that decision for anybody. Jesus doesn't put anybody in hell. Men choose to go to hell. Are you with me tonight? I haven't heard anybody and made anybody mad. This is God's church. 
Galatians, Paul, Galatians, Paul told the, the, the church of Galatians, he was very, very uh, uh, direct when he said this. He said, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than, with, than which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. There's another translation that says, let them go to hell or let them be damned. Let them go to hell. But don't you buy in on it. Look, look, he said, though, though we, he's talking about the disciples. If we contradict what we've already preached. Or if an angel that comes out of heaven preaches any other gospel unto you than which what we have already preached unto you. Let him be accursed or let him go to hell. Verse 9. As we have we've said before, so uh, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel to you, then that he we have uh, received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God or do I seek to please men or if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. And I, I, what he was basically saying, look, I can I can preach you a, d- a doctrine that'll make you happy and please you and make you happy and and just preach you an easy believing message and tell you that you're okay with whatever you do and whatever choices you do in life because Jesus is love. It's it's really the equivalent of. How many of you would admit that you've had, there's a time in your life, mamas and dads, where you had to whip, take the belt out or the paddle out to spank your child? Come on, none of y'all, not all of you is awesome. You had to, Katie? Really? Oh. Brother Jonathan, you ever been whipped? Let me ask you this. Got 15 minutes. Have you been whipped in the last five years? Really? Hold on. Don't say nothing. Has Jonathan been whipped in the last five years? By, by your sister. I'm sorry, Brother Jonathan. I shouldn't have said anything. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough, isn't it? It's tough. You, you, uh, and I'm sure at the time, moms and dads, that you were probably angry and upset that when it was time that you had to whip them, you probably, I don't, you're gonna, not going to want to admit this, you probably, there was a little bit of joy that came when you whipped them. I can't wait to get a hold of him. I can't wait to get a hold of her. I'm going to whip I knew it, my dad, when my dad told me, it's going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. I wanted to, I didn't ever say it, but I thought, you are a liar. You're enjoying this too much. You, If he didn't enjoy it, he sure, man. But I would rather temporary, temporarily put, inflict a little bit of pain on my child's backside than to spend the rest of eternity on this earth 
the rest of the time without them. I sometimes tell the kid, don't go on the road or I'll whip you. You say, well, I've seen that guy out there whipping his kid. I can't believe he treats his son that way. I can't believe he hates his kid. I can't believe I saw a son act like, or a daughter act like that, and they, they punish their kid. Man, he must really hate him or her. No. The Bible talk, it says that a, a father that, that chastises his son or daughter loves them. It says if he doesn't, he hates them. Because dad cares more cares more about our eternal salvation than he does a little bit of temporal pain that we have on earth. And sometimes, sometimes he has to put us and allow us to go through things. And I got to get back to where I was going. He said, for, for do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? Or yet, uh, or if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. And i got to find my thought process back here now. I, I'm thinking about you getting. Sorry. <laughs> so God, so God would rather us to have the truth and abide by the truth and go according to Scripture. And there sometimes uh, are things that we, we have to go through according to Scripture that aren't pleasant. But it's for our own good. Some things aren't easy. Some things aren't pleasant. But he allows us to go through. Let's get back to truth. He talks about truth decay. And there's going to be people that come and, and pervert truth. And I've seen churches, I've seen churches, they simply get up in their congregations and they just tell, tell their church, look. But, but what they're basically doing is making everybody feel good about themselves. It's not just forget, uh, making them forgive, for, uh, feel good about themselves. It makes them justify, feel justified with all their, their wrong actions. The pastors get up, oh, it's okay. It's okay for you to be a failure. And the right way to preach it is not, it's all right for you. Uh, The the wrong way should be, is this. The wrong way is, it's all right that you're a failure. No, it's all right that you failed. You've got to get back up and do it right the second time. Jesus put the, the, told the woman the truth when he, uh, when, when the men came and threw her down, the woman that was caught in the act of adultery, she's laying at the feet of Jesus. And he, he uh, shows her two things. He shows her mercy and he shows her love. When he says, look, who, he who without sin, let him cast the first stone. And everybody dropped the stones and walked away. He was exercising mercy because the law said she was supposed to die for what she did. So he said, no, I'm going to have mercy on her. If you, if you don't have sin in your life, you go ahead and throw rocks. But if you, do, if, if, if you have sin in your life, you better drop them. So everybody dropped them. Then he exercised love. Then when he looked at her and he chastised her and he said, go and sin no more. And he told her the truth. See, that, that's lacking in a lot of churches. This is where they stop. He who without sin, let him cast the first stone. Boom, stop. Let's dismiss, have altar call. Instead of preachers getting up and saying, no, look, it's not, it's still wrong to sin. 
churches aren't standing against it anymore. And even though we're all guilty of it, we still need to hear it. And we need preachers in our life to tell us the truth. You need people in your life to tell you the truth. Not just, I'm just talking about the gospel, but you need people in your life that, that not to lord over you, but people in your life so you can answer to that are at times more spiritual than you. Remember brother uh, Kenneth Reeves? Y'all remember, some of y'all have been here for a long time. Kenneth Reeves came here and preached. Brother Robertson brought Kenneth, Kenneth Reeves here. He was my mom and dad's pastor for a couple years. And I remember him, him getting up in his, in his uh, pulpit, and he was in his 80s. He said, every man needs a pastor. T.W. Barnes was his pastor, basically, or his, his overseer in his life. He put Brother Barnes in his life. Guess what Brother Barnes did? He put Brother Kenneth Reeves in his life. And when Kenneth Reeves was wrong and intoxicated in his own, his own flesh and he wasn't making the right decisions, he had somebody in his life to be able to look into it that wasn't close to his problem and say, you're wrong and you've got a wrong attitude. And vice versa when the other one was wrong. And they had somebody in their life to tell them the truth. And a lot of people will pick a church based on how they want to live. Well, this pastor doesn't preach against this, and he preaches against this. What am I, you know, okay, I'll sit under him. But as soon as they preach something that I don't like, I'll find another place to go. This pastor, he doesn't preach against that. In Bloomington, it's a revolving door in churches. See, no, no, I'm not, I'm not against people changing churches. There's reasons, there's right reasons for people to change churches. But some people should change churches because they get mad and they get their feelings hurt. Some people change churches like I change my socks. But what we need to do is we need to get our nose in the book and say, look, what is truth? And, and I want you, Jesus, I want you to reveal to me what is truth. And when the pastor preaches, he may, he may step on your toes and he may, he may bring conviction to you, but you need to let the word of God and the man of God, uh, bring conviction for you to change because it's truth that you're gonna, that's going to carry you to heaven. Because if you don't got, have truth, all you've joined is a, is, is, a, is a congregation that's no better than an Amway meeting. 2 Corinthians, and I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. I'm, I'm trying to hurry. No, I'm not saying that. For we are like... We, I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible, 2 Corinthians 2 and 17. For we, we are not like so many, like hucksters... Making a trade-off of peddling God's word, shortchanging, and unadulterating and the divine message, but like men of sincerity and the purest motive, as commissioned and sent by God. Excuse me, by God, we speak His message in Christ the Messiah, in the very sight and the presence of God. A huckster, or a con artist, or trickster. There are many men. That preach this doctrine, and it's sad that you see them. I, 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 somebody put a meme up the other day of TV evangelists and uh, showed the money that they were making. 
And it's sad when the pastor is make or the TV evangelist, if you will, the pastor is making one hundred and twenty million dollars a year when he's got people in his church that are starving. But you know that 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 person's not preaching the truth to draw that kind of crowd so they can get that kind of finances dumped into their lap so they can live that lavish lifestyle. They don't care about truth. They're trying to build their own kingdom. They resembled that of those that were trying to build uh, the tower into heaven. The Bible says that they were trying to make a name. That's why God distorted their language and took away their unity, because they were trying to build their own kingdom. They weren't they, they didn't care about the truth. And so the Lord was warning us against that. We've got to be careful who we listen to. Hear me. I'll just say it right now. I don't care. I got the microphone. You don't. I'll have people come up to me. Don't beat up, beat up on yourself. Look, I'm a flawed man. I'm not perfect. That's why I need to preach from this Bible, this truth. And if I deviate it from it, I'm just like the person that Paul talked about in Galatians. Though ye or an angel preach any other thing that what we preach in this Bible, let them be accursed. And so that's why it's important for you to take that Bible off the shelf, dust the, take the dust off of it and read it. So when the man behind the desk is preaching, you can tell if he's preaching the word of God or not. In the dark ages, they were burning Bibles and burning books. They were trying to get rid of information. What they were trying to do is burn, burn truth, get rid of truth. And you can read the Fox and the Book of Martyrs in the dark ages when the Catholic Church, they didn't want anybody reading the Bible. And I'm not knocking anybody the Catholic Church. A lot of Catholic people say, look, I let, I let my priest read the Bible. He's the only one. You notice in the Catholic Church, there's only one Bible. We got one ex-Catholic standing up there. Am I telling the truth? They don't want anybody having the Bible. That's why they, they, they say, you come on Saturday and you, you say you're Hail Marys and pay this much money and we'll, I'll forgive your sins and I'll dictate whether you make it to heaven or not. And they lord over them in that way and they don't want anybody having the Bible because they don't want this, anybody's eyes are open. But Martin Luther one day found a Bible and he come to the realization that he wasn't supposed to get forgiveness from, from the priest. This was back hundreds of years ago and he finds out that no man can forgive sins but but Jesus and you're not supposed to call any man father. That was the question he started asking which caused an upheaval and they started killing Christians and Protestants by the thousands and eventually millions because they started seeing truth. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a uh, one of the things that the devil doesn't want us to see because when we start when we start seeing truth and understanding truth, then we can't be shaken and we can't be lost. What's faith come? We, you know, we got the devil wants to tear down our faith. But how's he tear down our faith? How do you get faith? Say it again. Faith, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. My faith is based on what the Word of God says and hearing the Word of God. See, a lot of people base their faith by what they see. And we're all guilty of that. 
You know, and it, case in point, you can have you can get up and see something negative on the news in your day shop. You can get up, have a, you, you feel good, feel great, get up, get a text message. Some knucklehead in your life got left you a, a negative message, uh, and, and you read the message, and your day shot. That's what what we're doing is we're basing our faith by what we see. That's why the Bible says for us not for us to not walk by sight, but walk by faith. And when we acquire our faith by the word of God, the word of God never dies. It never it never weakens. The Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word shall never pass away. So if I put my faith on what the word of God says, my faith will be solid also and will not change. Got so much more. That's why that's why the the, uh, the generations before us, you gray haired, silver headed generation. Thank you. They're still here. They're still serving God. You know, you know what, how they have made it this far. They didn't base their faith by what Facebook or Yahoo or CNN or even Fox or any other news channel says. They based their faith by what thus saith the Lord said. The generations that, that's, went, that, that's, that's dying off and it's still here, some of them, we need to take lessons from them. How did you make it through, Brother Jack? How did you make it through, Brother Dean? How did you make it through, Sister Linda? How did you make it through, Sister Gentry? How did you make it through? Be careful. Some of y'all may get mad at me. You're saying I'm old. Nothing wrong with being older in years and age. I'm not. I'm not disrespecting. I'm actually giving you props, and I'm thankful for you because you you have made it. That that's just. If I, I look, if you're going to get advice from somebody, and I'm not. A, please don't be offended. I'm not saying we can't learn anything from you guys. You guys are awesome. I'm thankful for you. Can I can I say something without hurting your feelings? If I need wisdom, probably. If, if, I, if I need my if I need some advice, my computer and my iPad to be work, I'm going to come to you guys. I'm certainly not going to some of these other people. <laughs> they think technology, CB radios and eight track tapes and record players. And that's all good. But if I want my iPad fixed or whatever, I'm going to come to you. If I want, so, you know, what I'm saying. But if I if I want if, if I want some wisdom and I need some godly advice in my life. I'm calling before the elders of the church. Why do you think that God said if there's any sick among you, call before the elders of the church? Why? Because they're, they're, they stand on truth and they have seen God heal more than the others, the younger people heal, healed. And uh, they, they, they have been there. They have testimonies and they're carrying things with them that God has brought them out of. And they have the faith to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's why. It's, it's the truth that's brought them thus far. So we as a church, we need to really honor our elders.
Thank you so much. It was the young people. And we need their youthfulness. We, we, we need them. They're strong. They're strong in ways. They're giant killers. Matter of fact, they taught the rest. David taught the rest of the people how to kill giants. He was a young boy. The king wouldn't do it. But there was a different stage in David's life where he grew up and he, he taught everybody how to kill giants. He taught his servants how to kill giants. And he gets to the end of his life and there's something he said that probably... Probably would have impacted more than anybody in his life, more than him killing a giant, more than him teaching everybody how to kill giant, uh, giants in his, in, his, in, in his servants. He taught everybody in his, in his household. They were giant killers. But he said something when he's old. And you'd have thought, well, he's, he's getting to the age where he's, he can't do anything. But he has a testimony when he said, I was young, but now I'm old. But if he would have said, if he would have said, when he was 16 or 17 year old, when he killed the giant, when he had said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Most of us would have looked at him and said, where have you been, David? The only place you've ever been is a mountainside watching sheep. And nobody cares what you've got to say when it comes to giving us wisdom. Now, I'm not saying you're not useful because you killed the giant. But what happened was he got older. He walked in truth and he lived truth until and when he got old in his life. That's when he dropped the bomb on him and, he, and the words he said affected people after that for eternity when he said, I was young, but now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Why? Why was that so effective? Is because he had walked in truth and even though he failed and messed up and failed miserably, he still walked and he was still a man after God's own heart. And he never sold out to the enemy. And he never walked away from truth. That is what we need in this last day. We need a generation that says, you know what? I'm not selling out to truth. Let's stand. I see it. it, it, it it's sad to me. I've been in this all my life. I was raising this. Mom and dad raised me in this thankfully. Thankful mom and dad put truth in me. But it, it's, it's sad to me that I see on Facebook uh, people that I went to school with and went to Christian school with. I bet in Christian school, the, 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 the years I went there, I bet I went to school to see there was a couple hundred kids every year at the school. So possibly close to a thousand kids, different kids that I'd went to school with over the years in school. And guess what? I counted one time on Facebook. I counted my friends that stayed in the truth, and there was probably eight, maybe ten at the most, of 900 to 1,000 people. And I know that there was that many because we had a, we had a, a, a reunion of our Christian school, Brother Sullivan, Sister Carolyn, Brother Mike Blades, and all of them put on and it was a reunion and we all there was a bunch of people there we showed up and i seen all these people that i used to go to church with i began to look around and i didn't know them and they were living different lifestyles and they weren't they they weren't living in truth and it was so sad to me what happened i thought you loved this thing i thought you i thought this you, you live for God this 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 long. Why are you allowing this to happen to you? And it saddens me. Don't go get this far in life 
And don't fight this far, this hard in life to get to the end and say, you know what? Truth doesn't matter anymore. Don't do it. Noah did it when he worked for a hundred plus years and he built the ark and he, he did everything perfect. The pitch, the height, the, the depth, everything, the, the certain kind of wood, everything was perfect. And he, he saved his whole family and he got to the end and he gets drunk. What do you mean, Mo, Noah? I thought you believed this thing. I mean, you, you, you put one door on the ark. God told you to do that. You did it. You were adamant about it. You, you kept your children serving God. You did all these things right. You get to the end and you get drunk. Are you serious? You drop truth at the end when it mattered the most. And I put him in position where he has to curse his own son. What profit a man to gain the whole world to lose his own? Why walk this far and why, why fight for truth for so long? And at the end, you just say, you know what? It doesn't matter. I don't care anymore. I'm weary. That's why the Bible says not to be weary in well-doing. Let's lift our hands right now. Lord, I praise you and I thank you for your power and your glory. Lord, I pray that you would help us to buy truth and sell it not. Help us to not give up. Help us not to get this far in the walk and then and give up. Help us to walk according to your wisdom. Help us to love your truth more than anything. Even if we fail tomorrow, I pray that help, help us to get back up and help us to live for you like we've never lived for you in our life. In Jesus' name. Let's clap our hands before the Lord. We got one service Sunday. For a while, we're going to do one service, and uh, we're just we're trying to be mindful. Please be mindful of everybody's space. Let's just let's keep healthy. Uh, let's keep putting germ killer in our hand. But let's come in here Sunday morning, and let's have church. Let's make it count. Amen. You're dismissing Jesus' name.